Okay, so the last uh, thing that we want to do for uh, for tonight is we want to cover the uh, the topic of Erev Pesach, which falls on Shabbos. So as I, uh, I said at the beginning, I don't remember if this is part of the recording or not, but I put together the past couple of days a brief review of the halachas, which uh, you have to keep, which you should keep in mind uh, for Erev Pesach, uh, which falls on uh, Shabbos, beginning with Thursday, so we'll just walk through it uh, just very briefly, and then if you have any questions, so you, you'll ask now, or you'll read it in the sheet, and then you'll ask the sheets, and then you'll ask, but what you have is, is that uh, we begin Thursday, is when all of the excitement begins, so Thursday is when Tainus Bechorim is observed, so that means that the, the, those who are the firstborn, so they would have to fast on Thursday, and if they're not interested in fasting, so they'll have to come, they'll have to come to shul on Thursday morning and make sure to be there when we make the, uh, the seal. So Tadis Bechorim is going to be Thursday rather than Erev Pesach, which is Shabbos, or even on Erev Shabbos. It's going to be two days in advance of what it normally would be. It's going to be on good base rather than Yadav. Thursday night is the last night that we can go ahead and we can do the Dikas Summits by candlelight or by flashlight ourselves. So even though normally, if you do B'dikas Hametz earlier than Yudalad, earlier than the night of Erev Pesach, you do not say the bracha on B'dikah. In this scenario, when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, so we do the B'dikas Hametz Thursday night, and we follow the regular B'dikas Hametz procedure. So you put out the same 10 pieces of bread or whatever you put out. You're going to say the same bracha. You do the search that you normally do. And when you finish the search, you say the same nullification. So you follow the same order that you normally would with that, but all it's going to be done on Thursday night, the night of Yud Gimel, rather than the night of Yud Dab. Now Friday is, so Friday we're going to go ahead and we destroy the chametz. That's when we burn the chametz. Now technically, we should be able to get away with burning the chametz right before Shabbos. Because it's still Yud Gimel, it's not near Pesach yet. And there's no Yisurim which begin uh, like would normally happen on an Arab Pesach. However, the the Chazal were concerned that if in one year you're able to burn your chametz in the afternoon, so you'll get confused the following year and think that you could burn your chametz in the afternoon. And in the following year, when you burn your chametz in the afternoon, that would already be after the time the chametz is already awesome. So in order to keep things uniform and to avoid confusion, so we will burn chametz the same time that we would at like any other Arab Pesach. So that will take place late in the afternoon. I don't remember the exact time, maybe like 11.53 or something like that. But that will be uh, the, the, same, the same time that we would on a normal thing. The only difference with the burning of chametz this year than other years is all other years. Why is this year different than all others? So this year, uh, on all other years, when we burn the chametz, we also make the nullification. We do the bitl chametz, because that's the time that chametz is about to be usher. But this year, since it's Arab Arab Pesach, and you can still eat chametz for the remainder of Friday, and you can technically eat chametz Shabbos night as well as Shabbos morning, so we don't get around to doing bitl chametz, we don't make the daytime nullification until Shabbos morning. So that gets pushed off from Friday uh, when we burn it. So rather than burning and nullifying at the same time, we burn on Friday and we will nullify on Shabbos. Now, technically, as we said, you're allowed to have chametz at the meals on Shabbos if you are so brave. 
So if you're so brave, you could technically have it. The easiest thing to do in such a case, especially because we live in a disposable society anyways, is to prepare everything in disposable pans, and that way they can be discarded as soon as they're done, and to eat on a plastic tablecloth with disposable dishes and silverware and all of that. And when the meal is over, just fold everything up onto itself and throw it into the Skokie designated garbage can outside. So the Skokie designated garbage can outside is a great bracha which we have for living in Skokie. You should feel that you're getting your tax dollars worth because once you throw it in there, it's considered to be out of your possession. It's in their domain. It's no longer in your domain. So if you discard all that stuff into the garbage can, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You may want to sweep the floor just briefly to make sure that in case any crumbs fell down there, but, uh, but, uh, but, but that's all that, uh, that you need to, uh, to do. Many people, however, will likely prepare Pesach the food for the meal. So they'll be having, if they're whatever chicken and meat anyway, so make a Pesach Tikka recipe, whatever kumal they're going to be having, so they'll make it in a Pesach Tikka way. So most people will probably be having Pesach Tikka anyways. The only possibility may be Cholent Shabbos morning. If you're making Cholent Shabbos morning, then it's going to be Chametz So what I would recommend very strongly that you make it in a bag maybe even double bag it, just to make sure that the bag doesn't break open, and then you have to start scraping the, uh, the cholin pot for, uh, for hummus. But if you do that also, whenever you're done, just take those, uh, those cooking bags, twist them up, don't tie a knot, because tying a knot is an or daraisa, but just go ahead and twist it up, discard it into the garbage, or the smoky garbage can outside, and then it's properly disposed of, and you don't have to, uh, to worry about. When it comes to lecha mishnah, on this particular Shabbos. So again, if you're bold and daring, so you'll have rolls, you'll have hummus sticker rolls, you'll eat that carefully over the table to make sure that you don't spill any, uh, spill any crumbs. In the event that you are not so daring and you have a low tolerance for risk, you're a very conservative investor rather than a risky investor. So you will go ahead and you will get to yourself some kosher lepesach egg matzah. Now, kosher lepesach egg matzah for us Ashkenazim is somewhat of a misnomer. Because the only people, the only Ashkenazim who are allowed to eat uh, egg matzah are people who are elderly or people who are ill. A regular healthy person is not allowed to eat it on Pesach. And we treat it as chametz, but it's not real chametz in that regard. It's chametz that we wouldn't eat it, but it's not chametz that you're not allowed to own it. But people, but you don't have to worry about the crumbs. That's the main thing, is that you don't have to worry about chametz and the crumbs being around. And therefore, many people will likely be using egg matzah for Lechem Mishnah for this, uh, for that Shabbos, rather than being bold enough to use uh, some, uh, some rolls. Now, what we're going to be doing is, is there's a whole discussion, much more than we would want to, uh, to, uh, to attend to now, but there's a whole discussion about how to go ahead and manage Shalashudas when uh, comes Shabbos afternoon, you're not allowed to eat chametz anymore because it's too late to eat chametz. You're not allowed to eat matzah because in the air of Pesach, it's also to eat matzah. So how exactly are you going to wash? So some folks can say, you just won't. You won't be able to wash for shalashudas, and you'll have meat or fish for those who like it, or eggs or something of that sort, Shabbos afternoon, or vegetables or fruit, and you'll eat something. Kinegalach, maybe cooked, uh, cooked matzah meal you're allowed to have, just not baked matzah meal. So you'll eat something in the afternoon. But what, what uh, many people try and do in order to accommodate and uh, to be able to, uh, to, uh, to wash for the third meal is, is we're going to be dabbing early. I think the schedule says we're going to be dabbing at 7.30. 
uh, we're going to daven chitchak, meaning that there's no rabbis Russia or anything of that uh, of that sort. Not that we're davening so uh, so slowly, anyways, at this point without singing. But we're going to daven quickly, and then what we end up doing is we divide the morning meal into two parts. So we wash, we make hamotzi, we eat something, appetizer, salad, whatever you would like to go ahead and eat, and then we bench. That finishes seuda number two for Shabbos, and then you have to have a break. A break means walk around the block or something like that. It can't, you can't go from benching straight into washing for Shabbos, but you have to have some sort of break. Maybe 10 minutes you're going to wait if you don't want to walk outside, but you're going to do something to formally interrupt the, uh, the meal besides benching. And then we go ahead and we wash, and then we eat the remainder of the suda. And if you're having chametz, so you have to finish that suda by, if I remember the time correctly, it's on the sheet, it's going to be 10.50. And in the event that it's, it's Pesach, thing, so then whatever matzah, whatever bread you, uh, you ate, you have to get rid of, or whatever uh, egg matzah you're going to want to put away, not to eat any of that after 10.50. And you have to remember that whatever chametz which may remain, so you have to discard by 11.53. It has to be in the Skokie garbage can by 11.53. And you have to remember, this is a hard thing to remember, but you have to remind yourself, make sure that you say that bittle on Shabbos morning. So that way you end up having, rather than a suit at night, a suit in the morning, a suit in the afternoon, so I'll have a suit at night, two sudas in the morning, and then we'll have some snack stuff in the afternoon. You'll be starving at that point anyways, because you're finished with lunch by, uh, by uh, you know, 10.50, or let's say even 11.50, you go that, uh, that late. So by the time you get to, uh, to the afternoon, you'll be hungry anyways. So you grab some snacks at that point, the meat, the fish, the uh, whatever it happens to, to be, and then you'll have what would effectively be a fourth meal for, uh, for shalshavis. Now, this year, being that we're going from Shabbos into Yontif, so there are a number of Seder preparations which have to be done before Shabbos, or have to or should be done before Shabbos. So the roasting of the Zroah in egg, that has to be done before Shabbos. The Haroses should already be made before Shabbos. The salt water which you're going to use should be prepared before Shabbos. As far as the uh, Marah is concerned, if you use actual ground horseradish, so many posts were of the opinion that you should grind that also before Shabbos. Uh, the Grah very famously held that if you grind the horseradish too far in advance, it loses its potency and is not going to be, it's not going to fill the mitzvah. So he was of the opinion that you're going to grind it specifically after Shabbos in a manner which conforms with halacha, meaning that you have to use a sort of shinui. So either you use the grater upside down or rather than grating it onto a plate, you grate it onto a dish towel, a clean dish towel, or you grate it directly onto the table, some sort of machinery that's on the sheet, which you'll be able to, uh, to read in the in, in see. So those are all things which you should do before Shabbos, besides which it'll just make starting the Seder that much, uh, 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 that much faster if you don't have to do those things. But there's specific halakhic reasons why those preparations should be done before Shabbos. You should remember, taking it back to Erev Shabbos, that, uh, depending on what type of stove you have and whatnot, it would be wise to light a yurtzite candle before Shabbos so that you'll have a burning flame with which to light your yantif candles. So you need some sort of active flame to be burning after Shabbos in order to be able to, to, uh, to use to light your, uh, your yantif candles. So you want to make sure that you have that uh, uh, prepared in advance as well. Um, and then the other thing is, is that uh, the, this is all going to be part of the Haggadah, so you'll see it there anyways, but you want to make sure that we have uh, young Israel cells, Yach Nahaz candles, 
So we just had this in Dafyomi for the Dafyomi people, but this is where we have that long Kiddush of Yayin Kiddush Ner Havdallah Zman. So it's a nice long Kiddush, which, which we say. So you want to make sure that you have something which is prepared for your Havdallah candle in order to be able to, uh, to, use, uh, to use for that, uh, for that, uh, that purpose. Um, as far as I know, so that is uh, the brief summary of what, we would, what you would need to know in advance for Erev Pesach, which falls out on Shabbos. As I said, an email will go out either tonight or tomorrow morning. It's going to contain uh, the review of the Erev Pesach, which falls on Shabbos Alaf, the ones which you just reviewed now. And it will also have a link to the, uh, the, a Google form for selling your, your comments through me. So it's preferred, for those who are comfortable, it's preferred to actually make the Kenyan with me. So I give you the pen and you lift up the pen, that is preferred. But in the event that that's not something which is going to be, uh, is going to work for you this year. So the op- there is an option as we did last year to fill out that Google form online and uh, you can do it that way. And then I will compile all of those names and all that information and I will use it when I sell it to, uh, to Ernesto. So that is as far as that is concerned. That's back up. Um, now, if anybody wants to, uh, to unmute, anybody has any uh, any questions, any follow up questions or whatever. So I am ready, willing, and uh, I don't know, able, but ready and willing. Otherwise, we'll follow the night. Uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, I do have one quick question. Yes. Um, our stove, those plates under the under the burners, the instructions are never to co- cover those with aluminum foil. We've had a, older stoves, we've always had those covered. What do we do about those plates, the ones that are just under the burner, that are part of the top of the stove, the inside? Uh, so I, I, I don't know what, what place you're referring to. Um, uh, maybe if you send me a picture of it. I mean, I, I, every year. The, the, pans under, the pans under the burner. The, the pan that surrounds the, the, the flame or the electric coil. The drip pan? The drip pan yeah, the drip pan. They, they sell disposable tin foil once to go over them. Yeah, you get the, you get those whatever hearing is called now. I think a jewel they sell those. I, I would wipe down the surface. I would clean that surface and then put one of those disposable things over it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. When will uh, the Google form be ready for us to sell our comments? Uh, it's going to go out tomorrow morning. We're going to add the links for this class to the email, and then everything will go out in the morning. First thing in the morning. Yes, I don't, I mean, in where I live over here, the garbage cans, um, we move the garbage cans from the side of our house to the street. Right. So is the the garbage cans also belong to the town. So is that moving it around? That's not a problem because it's, it's, it belongs to the town still. It doesn't matter. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that, that's not the question. Uh, thank you for asking the question. I was hoping that we would ask. <laughs> in, that, uh, in that case, I'll leave it up to my local Orthodox rabbi. <laughs> the, 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 the problem is, is that it's uh, it, the, uh, the, those garbage cans, it, it, it's, it's arguable, but they're potentially moksa. So, because they contain garbage. So to, to put something in there is not so bad. But the problem that we're all going to that we will all run into is the fact that Monday is still Yantif, and Monday, at least for some of us, is garbage pickup day. 
So the stuff which is going into the garbage, if we're disposing, if we're discarding chametz on Shabbos, so it, it could stay in there for Pesach, but if it stays in the backyard where it normally sits, so then it's, uh, it's not going to get picked up on Monday. If I put it out on the street corner, so then, you know, then, the, you know, then one would have to address potentially the Eruv issues of carrying the stuff out, uh, you know, whether you have an Eruv or you don't have an Eruv, I assume that over there you do, but then you would have to, uh, you know, make sure that you have an Eruv, which would allow you to carry the stuff from the house, the garbage which may be by the curb. Or potentially get a ticket. If they are to, uh, uh, if they uh, will issue a ticket, if the yep. garbage can is out there for, uh, for too long. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, they say they will. I don't know if they actually do, but they say it's not supposed to be out more than 12 hours before. Right. So, so I, for, for lazy reasons, um, I've tested them pretty far. <laughs> and so far, and so far, I have not been issued a ticket as of yet, but, uh, but you never know, there's a first for everything. So, please, please. I just yeah. want to remind everybody that Young Israel is selling those Habella candles for Yantif. Uh, you can get them at Shul, or you contact either Stu, uh, Steve Goldfarb or Tammy Schultz, and uh, and you can buy them. They're a little fundraiser for us. You can buy one, two, or three of those little Havdalah candles. Okay, anybody else have uh, a question now? Yeah, I do have a question about, yes. those, about Havdalah candles. Yes. Actually, you don't really need a Havdalah candle this year, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, because... Because Shabbos, you say Kiddush afterwards, and then for the second days, you're also saying Kiddush on um, the second the, day. So at, there's at, no there's no at, use at, for Havdalah. At, at, the, at the first Seder, so we're, we're going to be making simultaneously Kiddush, not simultaneously, we're making at the same time we're going to Kiddush and Havdalah. Right, but you use the Yortzite candle or or the candles to, to make Havdalah, don't you? <laughs> Some, 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 people, some people use that. There, there's some shilas related. That's not an insurmountable shiloh, but, uh, but the preferable candle for Abdullah is to a two-wicked candle. So that's why uh, somebody came up with this, uh, this hop, and then Steve has been doing it, is the, uh, the use of two uh, Hanukkah candles that you uh, warm up and you twist together, and then they fit neatly into one of those Shabbos candle tin holder things. And then it just burns out all by itself, and that's not going to be burning for a long period of time. So that was the uh, the chapa there. But yes, if you take two Shabbos candles, you two of the the yantif candles which you lit anyways, so you may be able to get away with that. Or if you have room for two of them, you can just use two uh, two regular ones. But okay. it, it, it's, it's it's Pesach season, so if you use one of those, so then you uh, you fulfill the uh, the mitzvah, so the children will ask. <laughs> so, look at that candle, say, what is that? He said, oh, thank you for asking. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but yes, it's not, it's, it's not a chiyuv. I don't want to take away our business. It's not a but it's something which is, uh, you know, to, in some ways, it's a convenience. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Again, any questions? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Uh, remember, tomorrow night is the uh, halakha shir. Tomorrow yes. Right. Tomorrow night at uh, 